What's up? Let me grab a Coke. A Coke? This episode brought to you by Diet Dr. Pepper. As usual, thank you for all these years of sponsorship. Thank you for putting up with my faux pas here and there. Uh, understand that's all part of a greater movement for the brand. The sound effect was nice. Thanks. Uh, so, how was the wedding? Oh, no, it was a bachelor party. Yeah, bachelor party. It was fun. I've never been oh, to Saratoga. Sure it was horrible. We don't want to talk about it. Saratoga? Wait, you ever been there? Yeah. I've, 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 I've uh, been there, but not to the racetrack. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, good. Did you go to the spa? That's all I'm allowed to talk about. <laughs> Um, okay, well, it's good to have you back. Missed you. Yeah, um, what happened? I saw that you uh, airdropped 14. 14 is airdropped. We're recording this on Monday because you were on a bender for the weekend. Like Gumby. Um, but uh, tomorrow's the big day. Two o'clock, three o'clock. Three o'clock is the is the uh, airdrop or is the um, the snapshot. So yeah, you've got until three o'clock to to make sure you've got one through fourteen in your wallet in a team wallet to get fifteen to add to your total to get fifteen, and the champs will then get a a special token just for them. So this will be the first. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Let me uh, make sure that our Discord is closed. I know it's it's the soundtrack to our lives, uh, but every once in a while it's nice not to hear beeps uh, in and out all around. Um, look, we had – I've already seen quite a bit of movement, which I like. You got a lot of people – um, making moves, picking stuff up, trading here and there. Uh, to we saw it just to get fourteen. We saw some moves there, um, and now that people are getting fourteen, they're getting the airdrops in their wallets. Now we're seeing those fourteen sort of move around. Um, yep, I got one. Yeah, so you did, and that's not a not an easy accomplishment. Just to hold. We've made an arrangement. I won't say what it is, but. Oh, secrets. Secrets. Well, <clears throat> Tez considerations for allowing me to hold it, obviously. Very interesting. So yeah. wait, allowing you to hold it, like just. I'm giving it, it back. Like, yeah. You're giving it back, but you're, you're getting it to make the claim. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep the 15. Yeah. Okay. Is this in your team? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course, of course. Well, I didn't know that it, it was going to be really titillating if it was some other team. <laughs> no, no. It'd be great if you were like, "All right, Cardinale, what's it going to take for you to <laughs> slide that fourteen over?" That would have been quite the, quite the development. So, how's it looking? Have you looked at the the breakdown between teams on fourteen? I haven't done the math yet. Yeah, I, I have. I'm uh, I'm watching the waiver wire. I'm seeing what gets moved around and 
and um, I see where, where it's sitting right now. Uh, you know, we've got 20 hours left where I think it could happen. The, the right shuffling happens and um, we're going to have a, an unexpected champion. It's exciting stuff. I mean, the, the money is on the Cardinale, of course. Uh, the fascinating part was what they did and what they didn't do. You know, last time we talked, we talked about the fact that they had so many three friends. They ended up only burning a third of them. Yeah. They had 15 three friends. And they only burnt five of them. And from what I can tell, they they really decided that there were other paths that they could take. And of you course, hope it's enough, right? You hope it's enough. I mean, it's going to be close. It's going to be a lot closer than I think they thought when they made their commitments. Right? Um, fascinating turn was that the orange wheel... The way the orange wheel was played, you talked about it during the LFG when you first saw the posting of how many people had, had bid and what they had bid. And you were like, oh, the, the elephants really came through, right? Yep. And they, they coordinated the very well. The elephants um, made sure that, that the number was high, that it was going to be costly to get on that wheel. And then the Cardinale came through and basically made sure that every single player on their team did the maximum they were allowed, whether it be three or five. So it became a very cardinally heavy wheel and it played out. It, it could have they just as easily three, played. right? They got two out of three. And that's going to be when all is said and done, those two out of three basically could decide the championship. Like they left it up to chance almost. It could have, it could have just as easily. One of those wheels almost clicked over to Luch. It was just there. If that had gone Luch, then you got two monsters to only one Cardinale. Oh, how interesting things would have gotten. That's I think whole... I think things, things have gotten interesting, even even so, right? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine that like thirty pixels were the difference in a championship that took us months to play out? Exactly. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> um, but it really says, you know, so the 31 of the three friends were burned. Wow. That's half, right? Now we're over half, half. I mean, there were, yeah. there were only 57 coming into it. Seven had been burned during Madness or in the, in just in the season nine, you know, uh, Madness draws. So there were only 27. 31 of them are being burned. It's a rare card now. So, yeah, no, it's, um, I said 27, I, you know, 57. So, yeah, it's going to leave us with 20, 26 orange three friends. 26 of the one ones that are originally 34, or 64. So if you... I can't wait for you to make the white and black cubes more valuable somehow than the, the three friends. Well, you know, you even say that chuckling, and I've often gotten that. Somebody was saying to me the other day, they're like, 
oh, just my luck, I got three black cubes instead of a three friend. I would have happily gotten one three friend instead of three black cubes. Yeah, wait till we need them to scratch Pac's face off. <laughs> well, wait till you need them for something. You need them you know for what something. I mean? Uh, yeah, the, everything's got utility. So, like, don't feel down because you didn't get – I mean, I'm talking to myself here. I didn't get a three friend. and I'm, I, got a a goddamn, I got a black cube, though. <laughs> yeah. Did you end up – what would you end up with? I think I have uh, a, I have a heart – a black cube and a white cube. I have everything. Oh, so you don't want to each. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I some think. people got three, three, three friends. Some wow. people got nothing. Ronomac went over the wheels. That was early on in his tenure, correct? Yeah, but he still, you know, it was the same chance anybody had. Um. Yeah. No, it's it's really interesting how this is all going to play out. Um, you know, we made it. We talked about it a little bit in the LFG, but if you if you go through um, this whole season back to the announcement of the season being the first franchise era uh, season and the change of my my Twitter header, okay, the inclusion for the first time ever of orange bidding on every drop, okay, the termination with the, the season sort of being determined or close to be determined by orange three friends. This was very much the orange season. Hmm. I wonder what that means. Well, I mean, look, first of all, the fact that I even have to point this out means there's 220 of you sort of sleeping on things. Nobody, nobody said, Hey, did anybody notice there was like a lot of orange this season? Nobody. <laughs> But I would hope that you would even look back at other seasons and get a sense of what was sort of the determining thing that I was asking for. Mm. Maybe you can sort of look forward and start imagining what it is that's going to play out. This is too much from cutting all of this. No, you're not cutting any of this. I'm this kidding. Fine. I, I, I'm kidding. I, I want... I want everybody to sort of have these sort of thought processes around this. I've always thought that there's more to the dates on the cards and you kind of alluded to it. Yeah. 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 The years. And you kind of alluded to, you know, well, you know, they're different teams every year, but I can't help think that there's something else going on there and I can't put it together. I've always wondered why I, I, rarely if ever get asked about you know this part of me wonders do people just not really have enough experience in what like a baseball team is or a baseball season or or and it's not that you need to understand baseball by any stretch right but but i'm just wondering is do you not realize the year the corresponding year um like it, it, i guess people just think it's just by chance or or like that's the the blank you chose to paint over, you know. Um, I mean, there's positions on the cards too. That's something that I was like, that's probably means something too. If you um, if you go look at threesies, you look at the threesies drop from January, and you look at all the categories that are on there. There's a category for position. There is. All of these all were all the the same day. position, right? Mm-hmm. 
I wonder what these next batch of threesies might be. I wonder. Were they first baseman? Um, what do you mean? The first set of threesies. Yep. Yep. Yeah, first base. Yep. Hmm. And there's 10 sets of threesies, right? There are. There's only nine people on a baseball team, right? Nine, nine, well, there's 25 players on a baseball team. Well, nine positions? Nine positions, yes. Hmm. Interesting. So what's that last one? Is it a manager? Is it who knows? It'd be fun to just have a card for like a referee. Except there are no referees in baseball, so that'd be weird. Oh, umpires. <laughs> Whatever. Line judges. Um, the the direct translation Spanish is arbitrer. That's what that's what you would call it. That actually makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah. So maybe maybe it'll be an arbiter. Accident lawyers, Tez, Tez, Tez. Um, yeah, I, someday I imagine um, that Mark Q528 is going to have because uh, he's, you know he's a big player in the FX hash game. He collects a lot of expensive FX hash stuff. And I just imagine a day where he like crushes it and sells some piece for $400,000. The next day he's like, I'm buying a team and they're going to be the accident lawyers.tez XXX, whatever that team is. You'll have to get painting on them. <laughs> well, no, no, he would just buy a franchise, right? But then because he owns the team, he would rebrand them. Oh, like for example, let's let's say he bought the the uh, subs. Okay, he put in an offer and he like bought the franchise and he called them the accident lawyers dot subs. <laughs> oh my god. It has his logo on the the jerseys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. You can do that. You own a franchise, you can totally do that. And nothing I could do about it. I don't own the franchise. A lot of a lot of things to think over in this episode. These are all things that everybody should be thinking about all the time. I'm just in a giving mood. I know. I feel like we're getting so used to just getting spoon fed because of the uh, pace that we were running at. There wasn't a lot of time to like ponder. It was like, here comes the next thing. Here comes the next thing. I really like that we're slowing down a little bit and it gives some time to sponge everything up. Look, I've been talking about it a lot. That I'm in the desert. They don't even. It turns out they don't even have clocks down here. It's because there's um, eight time zones. It's it's a vast. For all I know, for all I know, I'm in mountain time zone. I'm in Pacific. I don't know. You just sort of lose track, man. Are you on a Navajo reservation? I might be. I don't know if it matters uh, right now or if it's only during daylight savings time that that matters or if it's even are, daylight savings time. There are parts of Arizona where they only set the clock back 15 minutes. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Kitch laughing. <laughs> he threw his head back. He threw his head back like a, like a fucking cartoon. It was great. Oh, Fifteen minutes. I wasn't. I wasn't looking for that at all. They don't do leap years because of that. 
it works no, out they do, somehow. They do, and it lines but it's up. just every fifth April. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Every every fifth April, they have twenty six days. Same math, still comes out. No one's double checking you, but I don't think that does add up. When has anybody ever double checked me? This is the thing. This is what it's like to be threesomes. I just make declarations all day long, and the world goes with them. There you go. I was having a conversation this afternoon with Luch, uh, because he was telling me that that I'm the real monster in all of this. And uh, I told him that he wasn't far off and that I was imagining a form next season that this is sort of the, pro the progression after we, we're sort of recapping what had just happened with all these burns to get 014, right? And I imagined a form that says, what's your favorite threesomes painting ever? And that's all it says. And then you put it in and the next day I drop a form that says, now burn it, fucker. <laughs> you are a monster. <laughs> you had me thinking about what, which one was my favorite. But see, now, now you've got to not only have to think about it, but you have to prepare yourself for a time where I ask for it. And are you really going to tell me or not? Yeah, I appreciate that. You just made me think about being not truthful to you. Well, most people in the grotto are not truthful with me. So, see, this is all now you're, we're getting a real sense of what this real dynamic is. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Uh, people, or have we seen your favorite? Have you already painted it, but like it's behind closed doors? Look, in all seriousness, I even tweeted about it today. I fucking love all my paintings. It's, it's ridiculous. There's like a tiny handful of my paintings that I don't hate, or rather, that, that I hate. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'm about to say. Um, Are these so like your literally. children? You gotta have a favorite child. Oh, I've got a favorite. I, I, I more have a favorite child than I do a favorite painting. <laughs> um, I I don't like the Blake Catherine painting. Okay, I like the honesty. Um, I feel, I feel like I did Blake a, a, a disservice there. Um. I captured elements of her, but others I, I didn't. I just, and the thing is I'll play with different styles sometimes. And that one, like I, I painted a different style than it ended up being. And I didn't, I was frustrated with that one when I painted it though. Plus I, I didn't have, I, I never met her and I didn't have, I still haven't, but I never met her and I didn't have any good like reference points. Now I've actually seen quite a few photographs of her. Yeah. But oddly enough, the really the only real one that I could find was a screen grab of your little chat with her. I think it was yours. It we've, was never, we've never we've spoken. Never okay, so somebody else's podcast, but it was like a screen grab of her, and that's like what I painted from. So I don't like that one though. In fact, there there have been times where I wish I could like repaint that. Nothing you can do about it now, man. It um, lives forever on the blockchain. I'm I'm pull I'm I'm narrowing this down right now of my favorite paintings. Oh, here's something interesting. It's for the the because I was just thinking I was thinking well I could call it in but then I I recently have done a little bit of wallet deep dive and I don't think they would all come back in. I was looking through some series twos and like who holds everything, 
right? Mm-hmm. And Fuckrender's old wallet still has the Fiwo that he bought. So the Fiwo, I dropped it. It sold out automatically. It was early on, but it was like the what the third drop, and it was like you know under a minute. And later that night, Fuckrender bought it. I, you know, and he like I think he posted or something. Somehow I, I knew he did it. Um, that wallet is he has a one one that he minted and an addition of twenty I think mm-hmm. that are in there. But he lost that wallet. Oh, so that fuel is locked up forever. It's out of play. The, the fee was gone, along with a Joe Malfitano that he hit as a holder straw. So those two are out of play. They're like gone. Now. When I was looking at it, do you know who sold that FIWO for 10 Tez? Who? Or maybe 20, 10 or 20, 10, 10 or 20 Tez? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, Dino sold it. So not only did he sell his dot pigeon for 10 the first night, but he then later on sold the FIWO. But I think he hit multiples of the FIWO. So he sold one to Fucker. Now that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's like gone forever. <laughs> So I'd have to narrow it down from here, but these are like my top seven. Okay. I'll give a little f- feedback on them. Jeff Reardon is one of my favorite cards. Je- Jeff Reardon, the, the, the original uh, DGS. Holding the gourds. Yes. I love to hear that. I love hearing. I love hearing unexpected ones. I just bought it for 80 Tez. It's, it's, a, it's down to cheap. So, Let's let's talk about that for a second. How many were there originally? Do you remember? Like two hundred, right? Two hundred of them. Yeah, two hundred of them. Um, but you had multiple multiple chances to burn them. You had to burn at least one of each of the decorative gourds to get the knife. Okay, and later on, you could burn them down and get ten. Like, That's why I didn't have one anymore. That's why I just had to buy one. Yeah. It's a great card. Way, I just love it. It looks like uh it looks like Billy Ray Cyrus or the guy that's in uh Tool Time or Home Improvement, but uh the the other guy, not Tim Allen. Right, Norm or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I just love it. Cool. I I like I like hearing that. I like that one because just I, I really wanted to paint him like he was like a farmer, like he worked at a, you know, at some sort of uh, a feed store. Side. Yeah. LS feeds, man. LNS feeds. Yeah. LNS. We got to learn more about that. That indictment is coming up. We still don't know. We still don't know. Just the criminal justice system in this universe, no better than in the real world. Oh, I hope it lines up with uh, Halloween again. We just like do it every year. Second card. Okay. R- Richard. Oh, that's a great one. I love the that's Richard. One, that's a neat one because that's one of the few paintings that is actually kind of sourced from the grotto. Yeah, because that was a, the little picture of him like up on... Somebody, the- somebody took a photo of us on stage together or that panel we did okay and 
then we turned we we made that into a meme competition. Remember, this was during NFT NYC, the first one, and Ratro was running. Um, this is before we devolved into just straight out debauchery every night. We were doing like fun play at home games in the early days of an in real life grotto. <laughs> and so Ratro offered up a game for he gave away Ratro gave away Bitcoin and ETH and Retro gave away like thirty thousand dollars worth of stuff that week. <laughs> At the, like, like it, at values then. I mean, it'd probably be more given some of the... He gave away Series 2s. He gave away all sorts of stuff. Um, but but you had to come up with a meme uh, that in, included that uh, pictures of, of me or, or Richard from that panel. And so that... Somebody had that picture, and then I painted it, um, and I put them on. Now, that that mitt, okay, is, is this mitt that was um, like a little sofa, like a little love seat. There was a mitt, but I first saw it in a Smithsonian uh, Institute magazine article about a very famous baseball card collector named Barry Halper, uh, who was a New Jersey guy who had like one of the biggest collections of baseball memorabilia ever. And he had this mitt. And I always thought about that. And so I painted Richard holding a bat uh, instead of in, in the actual photograph, he's holding a water bottle. But I turned the water bottle basically into a bat. And I painted him sitting on this Barry Halper collection chair. Fucking love it. And the glasses are just fucking. Another. So, well, this is coming, becoming a theme now. Fuckrender also bought that Richard on secondary. How many of these originally? There were 88 originally. None have been burned. None have burned. Yeah. It's, it's one of those pieces that people love too much. And it's also, if you look at if you look at the price, it's like pretty much just traded like around a hundred, like the whole time. Like there have been a couple little dips where people they don't last long. They just like flat out trade for a hundred. Original price would have been five tes on that drop. Yeah, we haven't seen a sale since first uh, of July. Yeah, and they for got a steal a hundred. So I never realized before it says manifold destiny in the <laughs> okay. description. Yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know, he runs manifold, the contract and it manifests destiny. I, I got it. These next two are Cardinali. Lynn McLaughlin and Kurt Flood. And Kurt Flood, nice. Um, okay, so so two things on those. If you notice, that's of all the base cards. Okay, there are only two base cards, whether from Chases or whatever, that are not 1964s. So Lynn McLaughlin's a 77. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and, of course, in the 77s, just so we know, in the actual baseball cards, they have a little pennant up above near the name and the team, okay? And that pennant has uh, a position. Much like the X's. And, well, and so the X's, a lot of the X's are 77s. All the base cards are 77s, with the chase being, or, you know, the award being a 64. So I, I flipped that on its, on its ass, and I did mainly 64s 
with a 77 chase card in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's sort of the counterpoint to the X's. But but then I have married and a nun. Married a nun. A lot of people thought that that was, was the defrocking. They were like, oh, that is that defrocked? Does that say why he was? And it's not. It's just, it's the little caption. He did something much worse than that. <laughs> well, there's only certain ways to get defrocked, we've learned. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um I'm starting to see something now that I don't think I really noticed before, which were little catchphrases at the end of the descriptions for these. And I'm starting to think that it's showing the correlated series a bit, because if you look at Kurt Flood, for example, beware the pride before the fall, Lynn says, ah, now we see how it starts. And we're talking about defrocking. And I don't think you had told us about the correlated series at this point when you were telling us these breadcrumbs here. So we see how it starts. He married a nun, but what happened after that? Right. So, so you're you're, you're right there. The, each of the cardinali has has you know something in the description. Now, if we if we notice, um, the majority of base cards have have some something in the description. It's also omitted entirely from the elephant men. Hmm. Okay. So. Season nine, the Elephant Men. There are no additional words in the descriptions. Significance being future utility. <laughs> well, so we'll go back to Richard for a second. At the end of this card, it says, "There's always something of the prankster there, manifold destiny." What could that foretell about? the coders correlated series. Hmm. Hmm. Like I, I, I'm, I, this sounds to me like, like questions about future utility. No. no, I'm just putting little nuggets like you were. In the, I'm going to yeah. go and read these. I got to do some digging here. I think everybody should be reading these. There's, we, we've learned that over time. We just maybe forget things. This is very grotto-esque, right? It is. I got two from the subs. Okay, well, hold on real quick. On the Kurt Flood, I, have I ever discussed the rarity of the 1964 Topps Kurt Flood? No. There's a guy who is trying to purchase every single 1964 Topps Kurt Flood in the world. What, that's just his life mission? Or, like, what's his He's deal? He's been doing it for a dozen years, maybe 15 years. And it was easy at first. You just go on to eBay and buy every one. He'd call every car shop and buy every one. And then people kind of realized, oh my God, that's the same guy buying each one. And then like a publication about baseball cards wrote an article about this guy, like tracked him down, figured out who he was. And he was just like, yeah, I want all of them. And this exact card this exact card, the 1964 top, the, the, the card that that painting sits atop. Right, right. And so there was a time, I painted that card a while ago. I painted a lot of the Cardinale kind of early, about um, probably September of 19. Okay. But there was a time where I was like, this guy's going to want every Kurt Flood card. He's going to have to buy my painting. <laughs> I thought about that a long, long time ago, right? What are they going for now? 
they they pretty much so here's the thing there was a there was a run where people got them up to about two hundred dollars a piece now just for for you know the full disclosure any other random 64 card in in shitty condition 30 cents 20 right. cents so to get them up to two hundred dollars for just a dinged up crease doesn't matter okay and then he was like okay enough i'm not like you can put them up for 200 i'm not gonna buy it yeah but then the question is do other people buy them because they become so scarce i, I if i recall he had about eight thousand. they had they had estimated that about let's say seventeen thousand had ever been printed there were no hard numbers they had to like kind of make some estimates he had like 8,000 to 17,000. And, and that article was written like long before. He was still buying them. I got the, the, the ones, I actually have a few at this point. But the, the first one that I ever got, um, I got because I bought like a lot, uh, a, a, like a group of multiple 1964 Cardinals because I was going to paint yeah. 64 Cardinals. And so that lot included one. And I did that two different times. One of them included two of them, so I think I have three. Um, but they're they're very scarce in, in, in as far as a regular old 1964 Topps card goes. Now, of course, I have the most significant, <laughs> you know, I, in, in, it's, there's no question. No one has this version, right? I just love how the miter reaches up out of the picture frame and covers up the logo. Like I just love that. Well, and it goes it goes right up into the name, the font with the script yeah. there. Yeah. If you notice though, every nineteen sixty four of mine goes above. Mm. Something exits the frame. Now, I, I'd love to say that that's me. The sixty four design is to take a little element and take it beyond that border. Um, but I've held true to it. Okay. Sometimes I take it way up there. So that what you're seeing, why it's notable to you is because I do, I take that miter and I take it way up into the letters. Yeah, it's car and alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I nod to I, 64. I love that painting. I Kurt Flood is an interesting character because he's um he goes on to, to basically be the test case for what becomes free agency in Basically, there was this thing called the reserve clause for the history of baseball, which is if you sign to a team, they had the only right to you forever. They had a one-year option basically at all times. And so that you would have to sit out a year and then come back in the league with no pay. And you weren't wow. paid enough. And so, and he was like, no, you can't do that. And you can't trade me. You can't just, I'm not cattle. You can't like do this. I'm, I'm, I'm a man and you, you need to respect my rights and my wishes too. And so he, he basically like stonewalled the, uh, a trade when he didn't want to get traded. It's like my whole family's in St. Louis. I want to stay here. And, and that set us up for a lot of the labor, which now in, in professional baseball, big league baseball in particular, it's like the strongest union in the world. That's why contracts are ridiculous. Cause they've like fought and fought and fought to get them there. So, very interesting. Kurt Floods, and so what I wanted to paint him very stoically. He's reverent. Yeah, it's going to be sad yeah. to see him defrocked. Well, and even there, though, 
even there. What did you say that in the back? Where the pride before the fall. <laughs> so even stoic Kurt Blood. Gonna get the frog. Gets wrapped up in it. <laughs> oh boy. So <laughs> this is actually a 64 and a 77 combo from the subs. Okay, so 64 being Joe Maltano? Yeah. Iconic, yeah. In the 77? Uh, Pete Lecoq? Oh, no. So then, okay, then it's Paul Russell. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, he is a principal. Like, I've seen him before. <laughs> <laughs> so there, let's talk, about, let's talk about that one first. Again, the 77. Okay, so I get that little caption. And I just thought it would be hilarious for the caption just to be what he is normally. And then to imagine the frustrations of dealing with 11 to 13 year olds on a daily basis. And, and just, you know, you're, you're, you're the fucking principal. So you're in charge and yet you have no power over those animals. And so uh, that'd be who else needs to go and <laughs> subject himself to some submission. Loves it. And the tag at the end of this is some of them you know in different roles, but they are still subs. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, Joe Malfitano with the red Louboutin is iconic. I mean, that's that's one of those pieces that if, if somebody comes to me and they're like, show me three pieces that sort of sum you up, I almost always am going to include him in there. The slick back hair. The whole thing. Yep, the, the, the little 1964 buzz cut, and I really like did it up. Um, the fact that I've got, like, I painted his jaw. Do you notice that the jaw like shows that he's really like getting that he's toe like, in there? He's oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, give me the toe. It's in there. And again, with 64. these taglines, I don't know if you're talking about correlated series and these are these are subs they want to be treated as you see fit make them do as you please and i do remember mentioning and talking about this when they were first painted but i still you know they are subs they'll do what you want them to do but what do we want them to do we'll see do you know who's getting correlated after uh, the Cardinale? Do we talk about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we haven't talked about it. Oh, okay. Last yeah, but not least. Oh, go ahead. There's a narrative path to, to what we're doing next. There's a reason that one would follow the other. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Last one on my list here. Monsters. Okay. Dawn. Yeah. You pick some good ones. I mean, that painting for me, that's one of those where I look at it and I'm just, I just can't believe I painted it. Like, I, I wanted to capture like desiccated, you know, mummified, dry deserts, dust, sand. It looks like if the wind blows hard enough, it's just going to blow him away. Right. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck I, I did that. I remember, I remember painting it and I remember 
like just understanding what I needed to do next. And it was like, it was this weird thing where I was like playing with the, the paint and like time and the and like the time I would leave it on the brush, you know, gouache tends to d dry pretty quickly. And so, um, like I gotta, I, I, I've gotta move like at a pace. And I remember they're like really pushing the limit. Achy, how like, throat. does that yeah. fit? in the uh, sleeve correctly it looks like it's 3d you know oh it, i mean but it's not there are other thicker ones but it, it's definitely got some some heft to it um have you never seen it in person don i don't believe i did okay yeah. i've seen joe yeah. Held yeah, it's, joe. A, it's a it's a it's got a, i mean it definitely has some texture to it you know you look at it and, and it and you know that's so I really struggle sometimes with photographing them to really get what I really want to get. Other times it's like perfect. I'd like nail it, you know? Um, but I feel like that one, the, the, the photography on it, like it just feels the way it's supposed to. But I love, I love that painting. I'm glad you chose that one. I mean, that, I, I feel like the monsters are some of my best painting. They are. I could have picked all the monsters, but like I, I wanted to narrow it down a little bit. They're all amazing. The, What's the um, like the swamp monster? The creature, from the, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, Chuck Hinton. Yeah, Chuck Hinton. That painting is insane. Yeah, I for that one, it's sort of the opposite, right? And it's it, you know they're basically bookends to the to the season, um, but I wanted it to to feel wet, you know. And not just wet, like like fishy wet. Damn, so I really stuck I, on I remember his, his mouth. I was like so proud of the painting on that mouth that it it looks like a wet fish mouth. Yeah, um, and I just imagine like a bass the way it like expands the mouth and shit. Like, <laughs> I imagine that's what that mouth it comes is. out. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard. You know, if you obviously that's a study on 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 you know the creature from black lagoon which is you know kind of a campy 50s monster uh, guy in a suit type thing right but they were much more forgiving with their special effects and with with that you know and if you look at any of the like pictures of it most of the portrayals like i i i feel i really sort of made him scale your more more realistic more, yeah 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 so, so it's, it's you know again and i try it's it's weird because again part of the conversation i had today like i i'm pretty decent at being able to copy something if i see it you know but i don't always want to and i you know and and sometimes i want to go further with it sometimes i want to dial it back Sometimes I want to twist it, you know. It's where, like, I'm mad about the Blake Catherine because I just feel like I could have made it better. Yeah. Mm. But, but I, and I do excuse myself, first ever lady I ever painted. Okay. I never painted a woman. It's, I mean, there's like a different physiognomy. There's a different way that, that they carry themselves, that the muscles are set, you know. And that was the first time I'd ever done it. And so I'm sorry, Blake, again. But, um, but that being said, like now you, you go down the road and you get to Shana, you know, I, I pick chicks. 
She Natalia. <laughs> Paula. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, I, mean, <laughs> I, I did pretty good with the cat bumps. You know? Even Maybe Lerona. Lerona's Maybe. same series better. Oh, I think Lerona's great. Yeah, no, I, I, Lerona's spot on. I think it looks just like her. I've always been sad that she's never acknowledged me. Um, same. Yeah, like, you know? <laughs> Tried to set that up multiple times, nothing. I was going to say, and you stepped on it ahead of time, but the fact that I've slept with all the cat moms made it a lot easier on me to paint them. True. Because I knew it intimately. Kiko was always making that face, so. Kiko, yeah, that's Kiko's certainly on the list. Now, I, I'm a little biased because this is new, but this could quickly become one of my favorite paintings as well as Jim Pendleton. I get that a lot. I mean, look, it's funny because um, I get told a lot right now that the Elephant Men really show the evolution of my, of my painting and that, and, and they're like, see, you've, you become a much better painter. I'm told a lot. But you've painted this. these a while ago too, though. Right? I know. I know. They're so all out of the order. Yeah. Yeah. Now Jim Pendleton, Jim Pendleton is a recent painting. Okay. But I get the, I, I, I got that a lot, probably 10 or 15 different people told me like, Oh, wow. You're coming into your own as a painter. I can see that in, and I'm like, you right. feel That's good really or feel bad about that? <laughs> no, it, no, it's 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 good. I, I, um, but what I'll say is this, and where I where I get what they're feeling, okay. Um, it's it's a very important series. I haven't, I, you know, I've said this a bunch, right? But the emotion that I paint in those cards. I think is care, and I think that's what people are, are hitting. And and also, you know, I said it today. I just appreciate everybody letting me bring them into that. To go from, you know, a goofy painting of Dot Pigeon, a, a balaclava guy, right? And to get where we, even if even when we get through all these other series we're talking about today, right? For me to be able to get you guys to trust me on doing an entire series of people, you know, with afflictions and 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 you know horrible disfigurement it's a, it means a lot and i think i think what's happening is people are, are are maybe feeling things a little differently and going oh he's a better painter now even though some of them i painted you know quite a while ago um the other thing is i think oftentimes people don't necessarily realize i would i would hope maybe everybody goes and takes a look at the elephant man right now because the season's done the series is done you know by the time this is out you know, most of you will have the, the 15 or whatever, right? Um, but but honestly, it's I think it's important to see that I do different styles within a series. Yeah, this you one's know? photorealistic. Like, he's staring you down, like, into your soul. I mean, the, the, the painting on that burlap sack... I'm very proud of. I mean, it's. I loaded it up in 4K and checked it. It's like cross thatched and like you know, it's like a, it's burlap. It's like woven, right? It feels yeah. like it's woven, right? Yeah. Um, that's not easy to do. Turns out, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I I I still get giddy. I like I love the fact that I can paint. You know, um, 
if I ever start not feeling that way, if I ever get to a point where I just take it for granted that I'm done, like I don't want to do it, I genuinely get like a rush. I'm like excited. I can't believe that I paint this stuff. And, and so, you know, that's one. Um, I do. I think it's a, I think it's a really good painting. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of them are. There's some, there's some where I'm like, ah, I wish I had done that a little better, but, um, but Jesus Christ, I've, I've barely been painting. Well, now you've been painting a lot. You've been in the desert. Well, yeah, no, no, of course. I mean, that's, I, but I'm saying it like, I just, people I know, friends of mine now who have been career artists for a long time, you know, and it's like, I was actually having a conversation with Dino the other day about the 10,000 hours, you know? Yeah. And he, he didn't know that, that, that ideologically. And I'm sort of like, oh, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, you, if you do something that long and I'm like, I, I kind of feel like I'm getting there and he's like, gets out his fucking calculator. And he's like, you're like 4,000 hours short. Like, <laughs> and it's true. Like I, I really, I've only been painting full time um, for, you know, 14, 15 months. Yeah. Before that, I was, I was way too busy to paint. I would, I would, I would paint during like vacations and I would, I would like maybe steal a day here or there to paint. But that's the, the I mean, one of the great joys of, of becoming threesome is just that I can paint every day. You know, and of course, the more I became threesomes, the fewer days that I had to just paint every day. <laughs> Quite the conundrum you're living in there. <laughs> um, you know what I want to talk about? Um, and I'd like to maybe set it up where I want to take a deep dive. I kind of referenced this last week a little bit, but given that we're about to finish the season here, um, and we're going to have some time. Okay. I want to go through um, the way that we've done insert drops. Because I think people don't, they, they, everybody knows, oh, they were available cheap. Okay. But most people, even those who were a part of them, have sort of forgotten that on every single insert drop, except the Johns, okay? There was an entire mechanic around the drop. Oh my God, let's start at the beginning. Go a history lesson. Let's go card by card. Well, I mean, so look, I want to do it. I'd like- I know you want to target some, like some specific ones, but I'd love for posterity's sake to walk through the timeline, close the gap from the beginning to madness. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely it definitely should be done. I mean, and, and so, you know, I'd like us to to spend some time each, each week. It's neat that we're going through your favorites here, right? And by the way... I really like the conversation, too. That's what I'm getting at. It's like yeah, walking through where we were at that time and then your thought process behind what you chose and how you did it. And I'd love to talk about, you know, not like the, not like the base chases or anything, but, yeah, what you're saying, the mini events... And like walk through the timeline. Definitely, we. Need, I want to spend some time on mini events too, because a lot of people just don't know about them, you know. Um, but the the drop mechanic itself, okay, the way that you can get these, because everybody knows at this point that's that's in that's playing, that's collecting, knows that 
that the, you know, they were cheap. Oh, well, those were so cheap. I wish I got my chance at the cheap ones. Everybody's, you, you keep, just hang around. You'll get a chance at the cheap ones. Okay. But I don't think people understand as I'm, I've had a, a lot of distractions. I had a rough couple weeks. Okay. Um, and a part of what's sort of getting me through it, this is very strange, but you know where my, my safe place is, my happy place, whatever those little phrases that people have for that, right? Your nine-year-old universe in your brain. Well, that's certainly there, but what it, you know what makes me, I've, I've, I've realized what makes me, what calms me down, what, what sort of, you know, is my refuge is utility. It's the, the, the thought, the creation of these mechanics. It's very soothing to me, okay? And so, like, I have a, a shitty time, and if I can break free of that and I can just go and, and, like, think through what a future drop might look like or feel like or, or entail, it's very good. I mean, it's very soothing. And so, you know, we've talked about the fact that there's going to be a drop, um, a, you know, a bulk insert drop before season 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's going to happen. It has to. People, they don't have the pieces. You know, I think I, I broke it down the other day, right? And the average amount of, of pieces that anybody could possibly even have, okay, is fewer than 40 inserts. Like with everybody playing and how many are out there and what's, right? And that's not enough as we know, Okay. Never is. Um, so everybody's got to have a chance at some, at some new ones. But so I've known, I know what those paintings are. I know what they're going to be and what they're going to do. Okay. But I've been playing for these last couple of weeks about the mechanic of the drop. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've got it and it's fucking going to be awesome. As I go, what, what I realized this weekend okay timeline wise we're just over a month since okay look the very first insert was was astro van arson now that was right smack dab in the middle of season two or series two right which is the first drops it was during a thing that they were calling the hen 100 which were trying to get people to mint pieces for 0.1 Tez or 1 Tez. Okay? And I I knew how many we could sell because I knew how many people were already collecting me. Okay? But I put them out on a regular old drop. Like, I minted them, 144 of them, and put them up for 0.01. Not even 0.1. Not even one. I mean, you have to understand at this point, dot pigeons are already selling for like 80, like stuff that I'm dropping is selling for 20 automatically. Okay. And I sold 144 of them for 0.01, which at the time was three cents on the dollar. (laughs) And they took a few minutes to sell out. How many? 144. Okay, there are only 100 left. 44 have been burned, which is a tiny amount. It's actually a smaller amount than any percentage-wise than any insert drop. Okay, they 
Do they, they have a description on them? I believe they do. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Uh, it's not part of any Series 2 chase. Normal stuff. Uh, all editions in Series 2 will have future functionality. Right, that's what I said before. Right. The early stuff says functionality. Okay. Okay, so it doesn't say that they're meant to burn or anything like that. Mm-mm. Okay. But I started that narrative as soon as they were sold out. Okay. Now, to me, it was a very obvious Astrovan arson. Okay. He's walking away from a smoldering Chevy Astrovan. Okay. Um, he's got ashes smeared on his face and on his on his shirt. He's wearing a 100 cap, which is a typically cap to the the Hen 100. Ah. Okay. That's what that is. All right. And. And so right away, there it is. They're, but now there's, they're just released, and people hardly anybody bought them. No, you could have bought as many as you wanted. Okay, I don't think anybody bought more than like three or four when they first dropped. They immediately started selling them for two and three tens. Okay, and they sold like that for a while. Like they just if you go down through like transactions, they just flipped at like two seventy five, three seventy five, six, seven, and people are like, what? That was a 0.01 now it's being sold for seven. This is crazy. From the get-go, they were meant to be burned. They were meant to be used. Then we started talking more about things and saying, well, you've got these inserts. You can burn them. You can do all these things. Okay. But then people loved them and they didn't want to sell them. Famously, during one of the events where they were called in, uh, which was actually for, right? It was for the, it was for the, the, um, the cat moms, right? Must have been in August. Yeah, it was for the cat moms. And you had to burn one Astrovan arson, one dad to be of, of sorts, one one Godzilla, okay? You had to burn one from every insert crop. Okay? That took six, the price six, from 20 Tez to over 100. 145 is the record. I just bought one for 74. So yeah, 0.01 and someone sold it for 145. That's 1.45 million percent. Percent. <laughs> okay. Um, but the idea being it was just a regular drop. Okay. The next ones, it was just here, you guys have you can have as many as you want. And there were like 546 or something of them that were ordered. You know. Uh, I had to mint them. Again, at that time, we still weren't at a point where we were like completely integrated with forms and everything. That was one of the early forms. Okay. So I knew you weren't going to buy more than 666 of them, but I didn't like put them up for sale. I just was like, here. But I minted them. So there's 666 minted, but then I burned like 120 because you guys only bought 540, right? But that wasn't like a, a non sellout. It's just, I minted more than I knew we were going to sell. If you guys had bought more than 666, I would have been fucked. But um, what we're getting at is they were just sort of regular drops. Okay? Until Marlena. So, and this is, and we'll do, we'll, we'll do this week by week. We'll break them down. Okay? But the reason I'm bringing this up is because when I 
realize that I could play with just the drop mechanic itself. See, by that point, we already knew that you guys would just buy as many as you could of whatever whatever's available. We'd gone from 144 in June, okay, to 5,555 in August. So in two months, we had gone like 50x in the amount that people would buy. And so I realized we've got to use that as a part of the mechanic, like this concept of, and by that point, you know, we're growing in, in number of collectors and everything, but it's like some part of the drop has to reflect this ability to buy as many without making them worthless, right? While still in, in viewing them with enough utility right out of the gate that they would matter, right? Um, but that idea, so the, the, the first one, okay, and, and later on as we dive into them, we can go through like how it really played out, what that meant and what it, what it becomes, right? But the first one was the Marlenas, it was black and white, and it was all I told you at the drop was this is a new kind of insert. It's a black one and a white one. They have the same value. They'll be used the same way. But you got to decide, do you want black? Do you want white? Or do you want both? So that's the drop. So I give you two options. You don't know what it's going to be or how it's going to be used. Okay? I tell you, you can buy as many as you want. But you got to decide if you want black or white or both. And then put in your order. And you get one order form. You get one order. You can't change it afterwards. You can't swap it out. See how it goes. Okay. The next one we have, okay, are oranges. Okay. Now, oranges, we, it took us a whole two months, okay, between dropping the very first orange inserts, which were decorative gourd season motherfuckers. Okay. The one you talked about, Jeff Reardon being the very first orange. Okay. Now, at this point, you have to understand, we already knew colors were in play because we had built palettes eventually out of Marlins. So you knew there were colors that had yet to be dropped, and now it's orange. We hadn't had an orange insert before that. We only had red, blue, purple, and yellow. Okay? So now we've got orange. We drop orange. We do it slowly. Okay? You can buy some of these. You can buy some of these, you can buy some of these, you can buy some of those. Now we do that, there's enough out there, eh, okay, 1,500 Shanas, or no, 2,200, 2,200 Shanas, okay, 200 Jeff Reardons, and everything in between, right? So there's like 4,000 total oranges. Then we start building up, we put a lot more out there with the hundreds, then we got the knife that can cut them down. So we got all these ways to get them to where eventually there's 60,000 plus of them. Even though all I sold, that I actually sold, okay, for about 4,000 of the original gourds and then a few hundred of the, the 100s. Okay. Again, all I sold for the Marlenas were the 30,000 that were ordered originally. Okay, but I let you guys go and do other things with it. Then we get to Valentine's. So 
we've got our black and whites, we got our oranges, we got our pinks now. Everything that made up madness. Well, black, white, those pink, things. orange. Exactly. Exactly. Black, white, orange, and pink. It just so happens that's what madness becomes. Okay. Now with the pinks, and this is where we even start our podcast basically was explaining what we were doing with pinks, right? But You've got to give them away in order to be able to buy them. And you know you need as many as you can get. How are you going to get to that number to be able to give away enough that you can buy enough that you can use them? Now, we already know the answer. Very few people did well. <laughs> in fact, only three individuals bought their max. Right. Okay. Now, to buy that max, okay, would have cost you about 2,000 tests. Okay. If you did that, Max, like Blue Orgy did, and then you went through all of them in the very next series, in the very next season, okay, he ended up with something like 53 base cards. Okay. Which sell very consistently during the season, 120 to 160. Okay. So 2,000 Tez invested, even if you just immediately burn them out and you immediately do that, right? He would have 5X'd. All right. Yep. Meanwhile, what are they worth right now? <laughs> Going right for them? Far more than 5X. Yeah. Okay. But what I'm getting at is the last three bulk insert drops, in order to get to the number that we needed to be able to use them, even though we've already burned through most of those, okay, I had these like elaborate drop mechanics. So I was thinking about it this weekend. That's like pretty remarkable. In in our first year, okay, I came up with three drop mechanics that if you were just a, a another NFT project and you wanted to figure out a way to get enough utility tokens out there, selling them, okay, and then get them used so that they create this whole ecosystem that brings them back in and takes them out and diminishes them and inflates them, deflates them, that they become the cornerstone of your project that you can reference, that you can think in terms of. You could take any of those three mechanics that I just did and use them and have a very viable, successful project with a utility token. I came up with three of them. And we've already used three of them in a year. And I've now completed in my mind and, and sketched it out and played it all out the fourth. Oh, boy. Which is going to be even more fascinating. Oh, God. I can't it wait. Will, it will give everybody as many as they want to buy. But you'll have choices to make. There will be aspects in it that will set in motion all sorts of change in the project itself. Huge alpha drop. And so I imagine that we will get those out um, sometime before what would be the anniversary of the end of the Marlena drop. Which would mean in a year, I will have dropped four 
drop mechanics. Simply a mechanic meant to release a utility token into into the space. That like are unlike anything that's being done in the space. <laughs> Certainly before there wasn't anything like it really before, but since like like it's it's a real stretch, you know. Brutalisti, uh, who's a wonderful collector and, and artist and member of the Cardinale, you know, he had that cool thread. I don't know if you saw it because you were you were at the spa, um, but he is this cool thread about like pieces that that. He's like, I love utility. Who show me some test utility? Like, who's doing cool stuff? And it's really neat to see some projects I didn't know about, and some approaches, and and um, it was very nice of, of, of Bruta to say, you know, when every single threesomes token, <laughs> right? Because they were like specifically saying this artist and this specific token, right? And this, yeah. Um, but I, it really was like this neat moment for me this weekend when I needed it. I needed to get into my little, you know special zone and, and and get through some stuff to be very proud of 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 that that ability to to create something like that which and look we, i we i think we finally started to cross that threshold into that that ugly region of art versus utility and real art doesn't have utility man right um we're already seeing what happens to the artists who felt that and believed that and what's happened to the people that tried to believe in them. You know, they got kind of fucked because it turns out that an NFT really only matters if it can fucking do something. Okay. Who would have thought it? <laughs> I know. God damn it. Luckily, we were so goddamn under the radar last year that nobody heard me talk about this because I would have been vilified. I've been told what a dumb fucking dirtbag I am for really believing that if you're not supplying a utility play with everything that you, you know, paint or, or, or create or whatever, and you're taking people's money, then you're just fucking thief. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it would have been bad. If, if I were more high profile last year and doing this shit and having to in front those, those people that would say that horrible shit, it would have been bad. I would have fought publicly with a lot of people. But turns out, shocker, I was right. Okay? And isn't it fucking cool to, to, that we can do that and that I've done it? And we, we're going to drop another one. It's going to be the fourth, dude. I'm so excited, man. Like You're a mad scientist. And it's, it's so cool that it's just... It just... I'm very good at it and it, it, it's just natural to me. And it's like I've said, it takes me back to being nine and being a really smart nine year old. I don't know how, like, it seems like you're on psychedelic drugs or something. I don't, and, and you're sh straight. I don't get it. Um, you know, the, you need like some peyote to like come up with this shit. That's the thing. I do, you know, for me, it just, I just had to deal with some trauma to fucking come up with this shit i mean honestly right i just had to like get through 35 years worth of nonsense um pretty easy now some people think that you need to just take a little pill or smoke a little thing okay i will say this i had a conversation this morning with another artist about you know i get i get approached often I mean, i'm not gonna lie I, multiple times a week i have other artists wanting to talk utility with me 
it's been going on for a long time. But last 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 summer in the fall, I started doing it and was very disappointed in how it played out with others. The disappointment on my end from watching them flounder and fail at it because they didn't do what I told them, <laughs> you know? And it became this weird thing of like, uh, if they just did what I told them to do, it would have worked. Now, that's a very arrogant position to be in for me to say that. And it's, I, I don't like feeling that way. But here we are again. I'm, I'm again consulting with friends and people that, that I'm, you know, close to about their projects. And, and again, I just watch as everybody knows better. Everybody knows their own project better. And, every, and, and I get it. I wouldn't want anybody telling me how to run my project, right? I get it. I fucking get it. But I'm also not asking other people how to run it. They came to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I so, think a missing ingredient for a lot of these people is the collector base. Like it has to be, I don't know. I feel like it, it just has to work out that way. Like if you're not a charismatic person who like has that ability to get a crowd going, you know, like there's other aspects to it besides just like, here's my art and here's the utility. Like this is a, a whole thing, man. The, the majority of what you were just saying there combined with what I was just saying comes down to being able to check your ego enough to put other people, other processes, other plans ahead of your own. Now you're an artist. You're 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 already like a special breed and you're like kind of at the top of your chain, right? You're 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 used to just doing your thing, man. I'm an individual and break the rules and do my thing. I get it. And you, there's certain avenues of success that are very rare, right? In the history of events that we can point to these individual artists who went out and made a successful living out of it. Very few, right? We're in this weird space where there's a lot of artists making a decent living all of a sudden, okay? But what we're really seeing is there are very few artists who are going to continue to make a decent living. Okay, and that comes from a yeah, being able to be charismatic, being able to have talent, have people like your stuff and want it or whatever. But it really comes down to: Are you willing to forego the easy, immediate, you know, lucrative grab? It is there. It's pretty easy in this space to catch a little fire. Okay, get some eyes on you, get some people trying to support you. Okay, I mean, I don't know. It just seems to me, I, I watch a lot of people get that for a day, a week, a month, six months. Okay, but to be able to to say from the beginning, I'm not, I'm not going to take the money. I'm not going to grab as much as I can. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let everybody else around me make the money. That's that's really hard to do. So it's it's you gotta when you do that you 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 immediately help build and galvanize your community because you've taken right. care of them, 
Right. And then and they, in turn, will take care of you for a much longer period of time because they can sustain. It, it, you can you can sustain, and and not only that, it's the they trust. I mean, it's I'm I'm I look. It happened very quickly with me too, right? I went from nobody, nothing, nothing to just sell out, automatic, done, bank it. I know it's selling out the whole bit. I understood this. I came into it knowing all these things I'm talking about and I had a plan to make, make that happen and it worked. Okay. But I left so much on the table during what's, you know, two, maybe even right now, I feel like there's a, a bull run coming in Tez right now on the Tez artist seat. Okay. And even right now I'm leaving on the table. I, I don't sell anything. I'm not, I'm not out there grabbing it or trying to make it mine or, or anything like that you know um i very well might write out a third or a fourth or a fifth bull run and make nothing on it and yet i got i mean i got you guys as my real community my real friends my real culture my real project where i don't ever take too much from you guys i don't ever take so much that you can't that you're done that you're like tapped out if other people took that money from you and now you are tapped out i hate that sorry it's not my fault <laughs> well the thing is even if you did at least your stuff still sells for 10 20x if you were to drop it on the floor like if you needed to leave you could <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. I mean, we we see that, and it's I've always that's always been since day one. And this is another thing, another mistake that most artists make. Don't sell my stuff. Wait, wait. So you're the only person that can sell your stuff. You don't want you don't want these guys to sell it. <laughs> hold hold forever, man. Just give me the money. No. Um, I've always said, hey, yeah, sell the stuff. Please, please make the money. As we got, you know, better and better at it, it's like, please make the money, but don't be too sad later on when you could have made a lot more, right? It also um, keeps the community fresh and allows new people to enter and spread the word, and you know, it, it grows organically that way. I mean, look, there, we're we're about to hit a stretch now where because nobody else really has any you know have much that's worth as much or more than you paid for it right um people are going to move their stuff people get antsy people want to buy new things they want to buy the flashy new thing they just want to use money right and my project allows you to do that so we're going to have people sell some stuff move out of it go do something else decide that you know i also expect a lot and ask a lot of time I, I still give more time than any of you do, but some of you are coming close to as much time as I give. <laughs> that's that's the, the pinnacle there is where we're all just spending 24 hours a day. We're just taking turns. <laughs> one, one guy sleeps one day a week. That's it, right? We'll get there. But, you know, I do expect and, and ask a lot of time from the collectors, which is also why this whole thing works, right? So there'll be people who are like, I don't have the time. I want to I get laid. 
I want to, I want to meet a nice, nice girl or nice boy and settle down. Okay, then please sell your stuff and go. And it's not the end of the world. As long as you are not an asshole about it, as long as it's not a spiteful thing. Okay. And I really have always said, like, talk to me. We have a different vibe going here, right? I literally have talked to every single collector individually. Yeah. It's a different thing, right? This isn't like some anonymous wallet world where, oh, wallet 0464E is making moves. No, we know who that is, right? Um, and so, you know, talk to me, let me know if you got some stuff. There have been times, as we know, that, that we can uh, talk people out of leaving. Maybe they, they thought something was one way and it wasn't, or they, you know, need, had, had a goal in mind and didn't realize that they could achieve it and still be in the project, right? But, but at the same time, if you don't want to be here, you don't love the project, and you don't love me, by all means, get out of the way and let somebody in who will, Right? I think that I think we're at a crossroads now where we've got some people who don't love the project or love me and have stuff that's worth a lot of money compared to what they paid for it. And at this point, it's just. It's almost like a, a greed thing where it's like, wait, you still want to be in the project that you don't like and that, you don't, you know, are led by a person that you don't like. And you just want that to just continually grow and you want more and more of it. You don't want to move out of it and let somebody in that's going to be enthusiastic about the project. That's a weird situation. So we're, we're coming up to a point where now we've got to address what that relationship's like between me and that person or the project and that person. Right. I, I hear it a lot. I hear um, in the franchise area here where people talk about vampires, that there are people who, who bring nothing to the, to the project because for those that are sort of fresh to it or whatever, they, you come in and you, you play for a team and you do these things that, that, that you're like a contributing member of society, right? You're a contributing member of your team. You make people laugh or you show them your tits or you fucking build, you know, woodworking projects in the back and then share them with everybody. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on on the teams, right? But people bring it. And then you have some people who don't bring anything to the table. And they're just sitting there collecting and stacking on top of all of these, like, I mean, it's there are people, let me flat out, there are people in the project now who have spent fewer than $2,000 US over the course of a year that are sitting on $150,000, $200,000 worth of stuff. Wow. And they don't, they don't, they don't love it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not like, Hey guys, <laughs> what's going on? They're not even like friendly to the community. And so, you know, there, there comes a point where that's not necessarily in the best interest of the project. So it's this weird place where we're at. We, we, we do have, you know, and obviously, Right now, like there's no, there's nothing for a new guy to come in. New person comes in today. There's not something going on for them right now. We're kind of finishing out some stuff. There will be some, some things here in the very near future. Right. So we, we have, we're a weird project in that we do have sort of these ebbs and flows. 
we're, we're not really in a recruiting sense right now. Like, this you don't is want to an tell ebb, you, not a flow. Yeah, this is definitely an ebb. You don't want to tell your buddy, hey, come over here and watch us do things. Right. <laughs> but I've gotten pretty good now at understanding that. And so, like, we're not in recruitment mode. But we will be. We'll bring new people in. And you want to bring people in where they don't see, like, asshole vampires. Because it just sort of brings the room down a little bit. Right? Well, and I would I think say moving forward, that, right? Like, the, the elephant men, those are held by, like, mostly team members at this point. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's older cards that people are holding on to that at some point they'll have to let go of. Right, which is also why we're going to see a different off-season market than we've ever seen before. Because a lot of people get it. And a lot of people realize, oh, I'm actually very lucky to have these pieces that I paid so little for. Even if it was in utility, it was still like far less than they were worth. Yes, I could sell them and make that profit right now. But at what cost, right? And so we're going we're gonna to see far less move around than we have in the past but we'll still see it and there'll still be be deals to ha- be had right i saw a gino Samoli sell for 100 over the weekend wow um, you know which is only 100x <laughs> <laughs> but but you know it's it, we're, we'll see stuff um move at discounts and and hopefully people can pick them up and like i said i hope that some of the vampires and the assholes and the people that really we have a lot of fun kids on a daily basis. I mean, we take some time off every once in a while because we have so much fun that we don't really get to do anything with the rest of our lives, right? And so, you know, it's like, if you don't like that, you don't believe in it, and you don't like me, because then I just take it personally, right? I'm like, well, obviously, they don't <laughs> like me. Now, the nice thing is, I haven't banged out anybody uh, from the grotto, like anybody's wife or anybody like that. Um, and so, like, I know it's not personal that I deserve it. Right. <laughs> so then it's just like, oh, you don't like me as, as, you know, my persona or whatever. Well, if that's the case, <laughs> please leave the project because this is what you get. A big part of the project is hanging out with threes, right? Hanging out with old threes. Old threes. Is, old threes says, right about now, I look out across, across our great collector community and I see people that just just aren't very happy don't want to be here and i just say how about i push you on out the door there run along now go ahead and sell them back to everybody that wants to be here or hold on to them and get rich somewhere else but don't take what we've building don't continuously come in and say give me more here's my hat fill it up you sound like joe biden it's all threes it's all threes that's all i got <laughs> I, he sounds he sounds like an everyman. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. Which is needed because Threesies is absolutely not salt of the earth. Oh boy. Anybody who's with Threesies at Ape Fest knows. <laughs> Chances are you're getting fucked here with Threesies. <laughs> All right. So what's the timeline coming up? So after Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, tomorrow, we're gonna drop our fifteens. Well, we're gonna fin- we're gonna finish up the, you know, the snapshots. Okay, um, and then I'm just I, 
we're not going to have anything for 10 days. Yeah. 15, 16 championship award stuff. Yeah. And then. Which is not, there's no interaction necessary. There's nothing that needs to come of that. Um, we're going to take some time. Okay. I've got stuff that I'm working on that I need to finish. Right. Threesies included. Threesies included. Okay. Um, I've got some, uh, some real life shit that's got to be dealt with a little bit as which I've been doing. Right. A little distracting. Um, and then we're coming, we're going to have our first ever off season. And this is going to be important. It'll, anybody that's stuck around to the end of this one, uh, means you're probably on a team, right? Um, it's important that you understand and you figure out a way to be comfortable in off seasons being very individual. Okay. Right now, teams are used to like going, hey, team, this is what we're doing. Hey, team, this is our approach. Hey, team, do this. Hey, team, don't do that. Off season is the time, okay, where I really don't want to hear any anybody from teams saying, well, you know, we got to prepare for next season. So as you do this, I want you to keep in mind that everything you do is in the name of your franchise. It's going to be hard because we're used to it. There's like, you know, and there, there are people, there are people who are hearing me say that are still going, no, I get that threes, but our franchise is how we do it. <laughs> okay. We'll probably He's still give fun. advice. Like if people are asking about what to do and whatnot, but of course. yeah, end of the day. Yeah. It's your decision. It's your, but that's really important that, that people feel liberated to do that, to say, okay, I'm going to sit this out. Okay. I'm going to do this so I can flip it. Okay. I'm going to do that. Okay. Even stuff with older possessions, maybe they want to take some liquidity. Maybe they want to flip some stuff, you know? You know, if they need some liquidity to get inserts, like, that's a good play. Like, all around, we've seen how big inserts can be, and you'll turn that, say you sell a base card for 150 Tez or 100 Tez, you turn that into three, 400 cards you can burn throughout the next season. You turn that into – You pick up two or three – down the road that are worth a hundred and there you go. Right. It's all worth so, it. So it's going to be, it's going to take some, some time for teams to come off the gas from franchise era. Okay. And sort of let that happen. So we're going to, we're going to really ease into that. We're going to play with that. You might hear me sort of say, Hey, <laughs> let guys do what they're going to do. Okay. Um, it's the first time we've we're ever doing that because as we know, after this season, it changed everything. We had team event. We had a, a, a half-ass, I don't even know what team I'm playing for, but I guess I'm on a team sort of season eight, right? No, not anymore. Like, this was our first ever real franchise season. 3P involved. Yeah. Okay. And so, speaking of which, all drops during this offseason, other than the bulk insert drop, all drops will be in 3P. Glad we're getting our secondary salary coming in yeah yeah you're gonna get your second half salaries okay um teams will be in a position where all their owners have all their three pennies okay they're all going to be out there other than what's locked up for future contract commitments right but um keep that in mind okay you're gonna you start to learn the value of the three penny can owners act um on behalf of the team and 
maybe purchase some of these things as a team out of the wallet if once they wanted to? Once they're out of an escrow wallet, you can do anything you want with them. Okay. Okay. Keep in mind, um, you got many seasons ahead of you. Oh, yes. Yes, I understand yeah. that. But yeah, no, you, no they're, they're, yours. they're yours. And, and keep in mind, you as owners, and Kitch is an owner, right? You as owners have a right to those. Okay. Um, and, you know, for as far as team direction and going through that, the, the, the three pennies reside in the wallet of the, of the majority owner. Yep. Okay. Now, some have decided some have already set up wallets where they want them all to go. Okay. That's our, that's team by team. But no, the, the teams can decide, hey, we, we want to jump in on these and, and buy these with three penny and think that's a good long term investment, of course. But but just be aware for everybody else. Um, and this will include, you know, we'll, there are free agents already and there will be people wanting to come into the project and what have you. And you can come in and you're going to need three penny to do all those things. Yep. Of course, the only place that you can get three penny are from the existing supply. So that's people that already have them. Some people have put them and put them into the liquidity pool. So you can go buy them. Um, but as more and more come through, it, you might just strike deals directly with people or, or what have you. What are they, about four bucks right now? Um, I haven't checked uh, over the weekend. Last time I checked, they were... Um, it looks like 350, right? Is that what we got here? Yeah, 356. So imagine that. We dropped them ahead of the crash at $3. And they're worth 356 now. There you go. Shocker. Um, and we, we're not even using them. But again, you know what a three penny's worth? A three penny's worth what you can do with it in the threesome four universe. I mean, honestly. Right? So, um, let's do this. We'll, uh, we'll start out with the Marlenas. So, on our next episode, we'll do a deep dive into Marlenas. The following episode, we'll do, do a deep dive into oranges and then a deep dive into to pinks. And the nice thing is we can talk about what the mechanic was, how they were, were handed out, um, what happened with them in the immediate aftermath, and then where they stand today, which is really fascinating, right? Um, how many have been burned, what the prices has stayed at, what they, you know, what they trade at on a daily basis. And also, you know, I'd be happy to toss into the mix how many have been burned lately because that's the thing you know there are still about 7,000 black and white marlenas out there and yet very few get get used because we're afraid we think that those are the only way we're ever going to be able to paint anything there's a painted series the only black and whites and the only painting inserts in existence right for now for now So we'll do that, and um, congratulations to, to everybody that's playing, to all the owners and management. Hell of a season. A um, lot of learning. Uh, I, I think the big takeaway 
I can already say this, even before the championships handed out, the big thing that we learned as a commissioner and as league owners and as players, the theme that I think everybody should walk away from season nine with is not everybody should be on a team. Okay. And it's okay if you want to be an individual player, you want to be a free agent and you want to run the own sh- your own show. There are people who, who we pretty much everybody was put on a team. Like the, the huge percentage of players were signed, drafted, signed. They signed. They said, yes, I want to play. I want to get paid to play. And I want to, I understand that I need to be on a team. I got to do what the team wants me to do. Turns out a lot of you should not have signed. Okay. A lot of you want to run your own show and that's good. And I think you would have been happier if you had. Okay. You would have sold the things that you wanted to sell that you sort of resented the fact that your team was saying, hey, we got a plan here. Let's not do that. You could have bought as many three pennies as you made. You would have been fine. And it would have been a different season if you have to understand 133 editions of every card. Only like three to six were ever sold because like there was no secondary. Right. A lot of you wanted to sell them. Believe me, I heard the grumblings and I know the poutiness. Oh, don't tell me what to do. You fucking get paid. You better fucking do what you told. You signed the goddamn thing saying, yes, I want to play and I'll do it. We got a couple people that didn't. And guess what they did? Whatever they wanted. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what we're learning. Not everybody should be on a team. A lot of you are going to be happier in life as independent contractors. And your teams will be happier too. Do they know See how it shakes out. Yeah. So that's the big takeaway. Next week, we'll talk Marlena's. Kitch, missed you. Sorry we did this so late, but Kitch was just so relaxed. It was spa weekend. <laughs> I, I, your skin looks great, by the way. Moisturizer. You, you, did, you did a deep cucumber scrub or something, but it looks amazing. It was quite the deep cucumber. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I'm out. All right, this will come out tomorrow morning. So uh, we'll have a little – it'll be a late one, but it's a long one. It's a long one. Jesus, it's a long one. It was worth it. It was. All right. Talk to you soon.